Welcome to the Family Tree Magazine Podcast, the show for America's number one genealogy magazine. I'm your host, Lisa Louise Cook. In this episode, we are going to check in at the editor's desk with Allison Stacy, editor and publisher of Family Tree Magazine, who has a new resource to tell you about that can help you bust those brick walls. Then we'll cover the latest happenings in the genealogy world with the genealogy insider blogger, Diane Haddad. Then we'll continue our conversation with Diane in the Top Tips segment, where we'll be talking about the top 40 genealogy blogs that was just announced in the May 2010 issue. Then Allison comes back and turns the tables on me in the 101 Best Website segment as we feature my website, genealogygems.com. Next, our own in-house preservationist, Grace Dobush, will bring us another installment of Safekeeping And finally, in the Family Tree Magazine Crash Course segment, Allison talks about helping the beginning genealogist get up and running. There is lots to cover, so let's get to it. Our first stop is the editor's desk with Allison Stacy. It's time once again to check in at the editor's desk with Allison Stacy. Hi, Allison. Hi, Lisa. Um, I know that there is a lot going on there just in producing the magazine, but you have some other projects you're working on as well, don't you? We do. The project that we have been working on recently is a brand new book, which is coming out at the end of the month. It's called 101 Brick Wall Busters, a subject I think that's near and dear to every genealogist's heart. Absolutely. <laughs> 101? Boy, that would be uh, a lot to cover, and yet you could probably think of a 1,000. Um, but I imagine that there are probably quite a few that just are universal. Everybody at some point runs up against those brick walls. Sure, that was the whole idea behind the book. In fact, we received so many questions from readers and website visitors over time that they they do tend to have universal themes. You know, everybody kind of runs into the same problems at some point or another. So in this book, we took 101 of the most common or frequently encountered problems, and we addressed how you would get around those challenges. Well, and you guys are really in a unique position there at Family Tree Magazine because you have access to so many different genealogy experts. I know there are people who are writing for the magazine, writing for the website, and that type of thing. Boy, a lot of expertise to harness. Now, if I'm reading that book and I come up with a brick wall and I want to find an answer, how do I dig into that book and find the particular answer that I'm looking for and the experts who who can tell me about it? Sure. The great thing about the book is that it's organized into three different chapters, one on research strategies, one on particular records challenges, and one on heritage. So, you know, your Irish, German, African-American type of challenges. And so um, in the table of contents, we've outlined the different topics and challenges that we cover in each chapter. So you can very quickly scan that table of contents to find the problems that apply to you and then flip right over to the solutions. Yeah, this could really become a a reference book right there on the desk. So as you're working and something pops up, it's like you go to the book and look it up and and find it. Give us an example. What would be um, a brick wall we might run up against in our daily research that we can grab this book and get some answers to? Well, one problem that a lot of researchers encounter, especially in the South, is the burn courthouse. For many people, that really, at first glance, seems like an insurmountable brick wall. And so we've dealt with that problem in this book, 
really there are solutions to help you get around that brick wall. For example, the courthouse, even if the courthouse completely burned to the ground, it doesn't necessarily mean that all of the records are gone. You know, there may have been duplicate records that were filed at a different courthouse or archive. Um, and also there may actually be some substitute records that would give you the same kind of information that you would have found in the records if they were destroyed. So again, that's just one example, but there, there's solutions like this all throughout the book. Yeah, I've heard about that, say, in the state of Virginia. Oftentimes, the records were filed at a variety of different locations, maybe based on, in the case of a marriage, where the the bride was from, from where the groom was from, um, and, and all the different changes and boundaries. Um, yeah, you kind of have to think outside the box. It's nice to get those reminders and some of those leads from the book so that you can then go out and track them down. You bet. It's reminiscent of that whole... Uh idea in genealogy that you have to turn over every rock before you can truly declare a problem a brick wall. Well, great. Well, I know this book is brand new. I don't even think it's out yet. Tell us, how are we going to be able to get 101 brick wall busters? Well, it will be available by the end of April, and you will be able to get it at our online store, shopfamilytree.com. For the time being, that's the only place that it will be available, and um, it is available now for pre-order. So if you go to shopfamilytree.com, you can uh, place your order so that it ships the minute that it arrives. Wonderful. And until then, I know that you guys have the forum there right on Family Tree Magazine's website. That's a great place to go, isn't it, to post questions? And, and I know you said some of the questions that you used in the book to facilitate these, these answers came from the forum. And, and you're really hearing from people on a regular basis about what their challenges are. That's very true. The forum is a great place to post questions, and some of the regular forum visitors will chime in with their own answers. And as you said, we tro troll around the forum and, and look for the questions, and then we will go to our experts and even get them to address some of the common ones in the magazine. So there's lots of opportunity to get ex expert help. Fantastic. Well, if you want to get 101 Brick Wall Busters, Solutions to Overcome Your Genealogical Challenges, uh, head over to shopfamilytree.com. I'll have a link in the show notes to the book specifically and also to the forum. Get involved with the other researchers out there. Sounds great. Thanks so much, Allison. Thank you, Lisa. It's time to check in in the blogosphere, the genealogy blogosphere, with the genealogy insider, Diane Haddad. Hi, Diane. Hi. Um, you know, it seems like I'm uh, checking out your blog lately. There's been a lot of good news, hasn't there? Yes, news that I am happy to talk about. Um, for the first thing, um, we have heard that the Who Do You Think You Are series on NBC will get a second season. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Genealogists have done a really good job, it sounds like, of watching the show and having all their friends watch the show, and I, it's obviously appealing to even non-genealogists, which I think was the whole goal, and I think that's great. Oh, I know. it's It's been so inspiring. It shows them what's possible, and you just, you read all the posts online, and, and I know I've gotten emails from listeners who've been saying, well, you know, my husband, who would never look at my genealogy, is now sitting down and watching the show with me, or that kind of thing, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, that happened in my own house. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> yeah. And you work for Genealogy Magazine. Well, I do. Yeah, isn't that interesting? It's so sometimes it's it's almost too close to home, you know, to hear about it in your own house, but then you see it, uh, which I think was one of the bonus points of having it be about celebrities was that right. um, people were kind of curious in general about the people 
who were involved, but everybody can identify with them, you know, who they are. And, mm-hmm. and then we go from there. I think it's been great. Yeah. We actually have a question on our Facebook page and on our forum now about what people do select, do genealogists want to see on the show next season. So I'm hoping we'll get some interesting answers. So far, someone said Gene Simmons, and I thought that would be great. <laughs> He's got to have a backstory. Oh, I think if, if you open up that can of worms, I think genealogists <laughs> are going to be sharing some opinions there. <laughs> but that's great. I mean, certainly there are tons of interesting people that would be wonderful to to see. I know when we were watching the first episodes and each week you'd see the ratings come out and they would go up and up and up and you're like, yes. And it was so nice mm-hmm. to get the news so quickly. I didn't know if it would come out this quickly. Right. It looks like um, the at least the Brooke Shields episode won the 8 to 9 p.m. hour in adults age 18 to 49. So I guess that's good. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll have to, we'll keep our uh, eyes on your Genealogy Insider blog to when you hear about when the next season begins, because we don't know for sure that it will start in the fall. True. Um, my guess is they probably need some lead time to get going on the next story. Right. Yeah, I would think so. So Good. Okay. Well, we'll keep an eye on uh, on your blog. when you t- Let us know when you hear, okay? I will. <laughs> Same for you. <laughs> and Yeah. And the other good news you said you had? Um, yes. Footnote has offered their census collection free. Um, they had offered it free in March, and they've extended that for April. So if you haven't had a chance to go look yet, um, people should definitely go search for their ancestors. In, they have the 1930 census and the 1860 census, and then they are adding other census records. So there's just a few records so far for 1900, 1910, and 1920. Oh, that is good news. And of course, what makes those unique is is the interactivity element yes. that you find on Footnote, right? That's That makes it a lot of fun. Yeah, you can add a note. Um, you can put a note on there that says, hey, that's my ancestor. You can see what other people have put. You can um, correct a, a person's name, you know, if there's a, a misspelling in the index, that kind of thing. So it's um, it's a really neat thing. And we will add to our to-do list to watch your blog because I know as they add additional census records from different decades that you'll be listing those. So we'll keep Absolutely. an eye on that. And and there was some good news out of Ancestry, right? Yeah, they have added the uh, schedules for the special 1880, what's called the DDD special census. These are schedules of defective, dependent, and delinquent um, citizens who were counted in the regular census and reported some type of disability, whether it be blindness or maybe they were in um, a public institution. So then the census taker would ask more questions of that person and record them on these DDD schedules. And Ancestry.com has added them for about a dozen states. Um, previously, those records were all on microfilm, and you know you had to go to a distant library and scroll through the microfilm. So it's a lot easier to search them now for, for those states that are online. Boy, that is good news. You know we're getting somewhere when you're actually starting to see special censuses. Mm-hmm. Um, those enumerations end up online. That yes. is really exciting. Well, I love it. You come back every month and give us good news, okay? I do my best. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Thank you. You're Diane. welcome. Today's top 
tips segment, I've invited Diane Haddad back because we're going to be talking about the top 40 genealogy blogs. This was a, a little endeavor that the magazine took on to highlight some of the really wonderful genealogy blogs that are out there. Welcome back, Diane. Thank you. Um, I thought this was a terrific article because the blogging has grown so dramatically in genealogy, and yet there are still so many people who don't follow blogs or don't read blogs at all. Tell us, why do you think blogging has become so popular in the genealogy community? I think it's about self-expression and expression of your interests. This is genealogy and family history is something that so many people are interested in. And, um, you know, they discover these great stories in their families and they want to share them. And you're right that I think there are so many people who don't read blogs and part of it is because it can be so overwhelming because there are a lot of blogs out there. And, you know, anybody knows that once you start to follow blogs, you know, it's just you. there's so much to read and you can get really caught up in it and spend your whole morning going to this blog and clicking on links and then going to that blog. So, um, so we wanted to kind of... Um, narrow that down a little bit for people. I think that is so true. And you get this sense that, oh, I should be reading all of them. But really, mm-hmm. it's it's just like websites, isn't it? You really go through and pick the websites that are going to apply to what you're trying to accomplish. And exactly. one of the nice things is that article kind of breaks it up into categories. Give us an idea, because it's it really is more than just blogging about your family history, isn't it? What are some of the categories in the genealogy blogs? Well, the broadest category was the all-around, because there are um, several bloggers who everybody's heard of, and people, and they blog about everything. I don't, I don't know how they do it, but they cover the news, they talk about their own families, they try out websites and different databases, and it's just, it's a great resource to you know, find out maybe what products you should be trying, what databases you should subscribe to. So, um, so that was our all-around category, and we also had um, cemeteries. That's a very popular blogging top- topic. We had a corporate category for businesses that also have blogs to inform their customers, and we were looking for something that wasn't all about marketing, but was also about informing. Um, customers helping them to search, you know, this genealogy database or to to use the products. Right. Now, I I know that um, you have a couple of personal favorites amongst all those blogs, all 40 of them. What are some of the ones that that you read on a regular basis? Um, I I follow a bunch of blogs. Um, For personal reading, I I like ones that, that tell about history of an area and so I'm partial to Ohio blogs because that's where I'm from and that's where my ancestors are from. Um, there's one called Sandusky History. It's uh, it's by the Sandusky Ohio Library Archives Research Center and they will um, tell stories about the town's past and use photos and records to, um, to illustrate the stories. And then there was also one called Midwestern Microhistory. It's a blogger named Harold Henderson and he uses um, his family history in, in the Midwest to um, illustrate different family history how-to topics. Yeah, and that's a great point. You can 
do a search, say, go to Google, and you could search on genealogy blog and then include, like you say, a location name mm-hmm. or a county that you research in and find who's talking about those areas in your blog. Boy, those would be terrific ones to follow and um, learn more about the area that you're trying to research. Now, I know professionally, as you say, as the Genealogy Insider blogger, you have to read and follow a lot of blogs. What tool do you use? I know people out there are thinking, oh, I, I probably would follow a couple if I had an easy way to do it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I use my Google Reader. Um, and it's it's easy. You just, let's see, it's when you're on a blog and you see... Um, you know, a link that says subscribe to this blog, and then you can go and um, you choose whatever reader you happen to use. I use the Google Reader, and then that blog just shows up on your Google homepage. So in order to use that, you do you need to sign in with Google and have a Google account, but that's that's free, so people don't have to pay for that. Exactly. So it could be added to your iGoogle page, or you could read it in the reader, which almost like digests it. It's like you can pick these various genealogy blogs that you like, and it almost puts them together like a little newspaper online for you, isn't right, it? Right, right. Yeah. You see the headline, and then you can see you see the first few sentences, and then you can um, click to go to the original post if you want to. The pictures are there, so you don't miss anything by using the reader. Well, certainly, if if you're new to genealogy blogs, this article is a great place to get started because really all of them are just top quality. And also, if you are interested in learning how to blog for yourself, it is so quick and easy to do. And it is a terrific way to connect with other researchers who might be interested in what you're interested in. Um, I put together a four-part video series. It's called How to Blog Your Family History. And you can find that at YouTube, uh, at the Genealogy Gems YouTube channel, or you can just search on how to blog your family history, and that'll kind of get you started. Uh, It's really fun to see so many genealogists reading and creating their own blogs. Um, It's it's a pretty exciting time, I think, online for genealogy, isn't it, Diane? It is, and I definitely encourage people to go check out the videos and, and learn how to blog. Wonderful. Well, check out that list, 40 genealogy blogs, the top 40 in May 2010 issue. Thanks, Diane. You're welcome. Next up is our 101 Best Websites segment. I'm Allison Stacy, and today I'm going to be turning the tables on Lisa and interviewing her about one of our 101 Best Websites in Family Tree magazine, her own Genealogy Gems website. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Allison. Thanks for allowing me to ask you some questions and share some information about your website. I know it's one that I visit frequently. And really, the heart of your site is your free podcast. So for those who don't know about your podcast, can you give us a brief introduction to the content and how frequently you publish and all that kind of thing? Oh, you bet. Well, I think the the heart and soul of the genealogygems.com website is, of course, the Genealogy Gems podcast. I started doing it about three years ago. And um, it has just turned into a joy. I, I love doing it. I publish, um, it, it started out kind of on a weekly basis. And then I expanded into a second free podcast, which is called Family History, Genealogy Made Easy. And so I went to kind of an every other week schedule. But now that podcast has wrapped up and I am focusing full time on Genealogy Gems podcast. So um, shooting for every week. That's my goal. It's about a half an hour. It, it varies between a half an hour and an hour broadcast. Kind of depends on what's out there and what needs to be talked about. 
Yeah, and you've got lots of great interviews for people to listen to at their convenience. Uh, recently, you were able to interview Lisa Kudrow from Who Do You Think You Are, which was a really captivating interview. I bet you had a lot of fun doing that. Oh, it's one of the best parts of my job. <laughs> I love talking to um, people who are out there kind of shaking up the world of genealogy, and she has certainly done that with Who Do You Think You Are? Um, she was wonderful. She spent a whole half an hour with me and really shared her heart and her passion for the show. And, uh, you know, her dad was a genealogist for many, many years working on their family history, and they still found new things. Um, but I also get a chance to interview a lot of experts out there. As you know, I, I go to a lot of the different conferences. Um, I speak, you know, all over the country. But while I'm there, I'm also running around and grabbing people <laughs> who are <laughs> experts in various areas and sitting down and doing interviews with them and bringing that back to the show. So even if you're not fortunate enough to make it in person to a genealogy conference, if you tune into the podcast, it's pretty much like having a free conference listening to those experts all year round. Absolutely. Now, of course, you've got a lot more than just the podcast on your website. Can you tell us something about some of those other features? You bet. You know, I really started to realize that while I love doing the audio show and a lot of people enjoy listening to audio because they're out, they download onto an MP3 player, they get out and they're jogging and doing whatever they're doing, but we all learn differently. And so uh, I've expanded Genealogy Gems to kind of reach out to people in all the different ways they learn. So in addition to the audio podcast, I have lots of videos, everything from inspirational to educational and kind of to just hands-on tutorial, showing them step-by-step how to do things on the computer. I also write the Genealogy Gems news blog, so when I hear about something, um, I can get it out instantly on the blog, and they can follow that in in a reader. And then also just the site has a variety of resources. So if I'm finding a great worksheet or um, a great book that I think really hits the nail on the head in a particular area, then all of those resources are there on the website as well. So you can watch, you can listen, you can read pretty much whatever way you learn. uh, Hopefully we can get some good information to you that way. Yeah. And one thing that I um, really like that you offer is a free toolbar that allows you to access most of those different tools on your website from one place. Um, And we'll include a link to that toolbar if you're interested in getting it within the show notes today. That is probably one of my my funnest projects is funnest a word. (laughs) It was so much fun to put that toolbar together. And it is it makes it so much easier because one of the challenges is blog sites aren't always the easiest to navigate. But having that toolbar, you can listen right there from your browser doesn't matter where you are online, you can just click the button, select your episode, and I will go along with you as you surf the web and talk to you about genealogy. Yeah, it's really helpful. Now, in addition to all these free resources, which are great to take advantage of, you do have a premium membership available on the site. Tell us about what kind of benefits the premium members get. You bet. Well, I I always tell people, if you're enjoying the show, then you're going to love premium membership because that's where I get a chance to delve in deeper into particular topics and really get um, hands-on instruction with a lot of videos. So when you become a premium member, it's a a one-year annual subscription, and you get new podcast episodes that are exclusive for premium members. Uh, No commercials, no nothing. They're just 
straight information about genealogy, and, and we have a lot of fun as well. And then I have video series. Now, you know Google's one of my specialties. I love Google. Of course. There's so much it can do for genealogy. There's a 12-part series on how to harness the power of Google in terms of search and creating your iGoogle page and all of that. Broken up into like 10-minute videos. You can do it real quick. Follow along with me. And then I have a series called Google Earth for Genealogy. And that is something that you can watch online. And boy, I tell you, you'd be amazed what you can do with Google Earth to push your research so much farther. I kind of call it, you know, rock your ancestors world. (laughs) You can do that with Google Earth. Well, that sounds great. It's been a lot of fun getting to turn the tables on you and ask you about your website. And thanks for sharing all the information with the listeners today. You bet. Well, it was fun. Thanks for asking. Hi, everybody. This is Grace, the preservation expert here at Family Tree Magazine. Spring has sprung, and before you pack up all those winter quilts, you should take some time to assess your storage strategy. Doesn't matter if it's a coverlet from Great Grandma Clara or a comforter that you just quilted yourself, both need tender, loving care. So snuggle up in this edition of Safekeeping. Hand-sewn pieces are amazing heirlooms because they often include little bits of information about your ancestors' lives. A sampler, quilt, doily, or other handmade piece can connect you to your forebears in a really meaningful way. So before you store your quilts or needlework, make sure they're clean. You can wash a modern, machine-sewn quilt, but you should get a professional to clean a quilt that's more than 50 years old or if it has hand lettering or contains silk, wool, or velvet. A quilt or a piece of needlework that's just a little dirty can be gently cleaned with a vacuum hose attachment with the end covered in pantyhose. And oftentimes, you can get a lot of the smells and dirt out of a quilt just by letting it air out outside on a clothesline. But only do this on overcast days so you don't let delicate fabrics get sun damage. Wrap the piece in washed, unbleached muslin and fold it gently. Put that in a pillowcase and then store it in an acid-free box. Never keep heirloom fabrics in cardboard boxes or plastic bags. These decompose and release terrible gases that can harm your heirloom. You can store the pillowcase containing the quilt in a wooden drawer or trunk, but only if the wood has been treated with a sealant. To avoid permanent creases in the quilt or needlework, refold it a few times a year. Smaller fabric pieces should be stored unfolded, so you can keep those flat in an acid-free container layered with buffered acid-free tissue paper. The best way to display heirloom needlework is to have it framed professionally in a shadow box, which keeps the glass away from the fabric. Showing off your quilts is as easy as laying the piece out on an unused bed that doesn't get a lot of sun or any furry friends jumping up on it. Keeping your quilts safe will warm your family's hearts for generations to come. Until next time, stay safe. University segment, I've invited Allison back to the show to talk to us about a class that I really think is maybe one that you may enjoy or that you may want to refer a friend to. Welcome back, Allison. Hi, Lisa. Now, I know you've got a lot of wonderful expert classes that you're putting together for Family Tree University, but I also know that there are a lot of newbies out there. I mean, people are watching shows like Who Do You Think You Are and The Generations Project. 
And they're thinking, hmm, I think I'd like to try my hand at this, but oh my gosh, where do you start? Uh, you've got a class for them, right? We sure do. Uh, and I'm actually developing it, and it's called Discover Your Family Tree Genealogy for the Absolute Beginner. Wonderful. You'll be the instructor? I will, although I imagine um, as time goes on, we'll probably have other experts and our staff members um, popping in to teach different sessions as well. Great. So now the first question our friends might ask us, they've, they've watched, who do you think you are, let's say, and they go, oh, I want to do this. And you go, oh, well, there's a class you can do. And of course, their question is going to be, yeah, but I mean, I don't know anything about this. What kind of background do they need to have to, to take this online class? You don't really need to know all that much. Pretty much the only requirement is that you would need to have a little bit of information about recent generations of your family. So for example, your parents' names and some information about if their siblings, if, if they have any you know, basic information about where they lived. And that's really enough to get started. So from the very beginning, we cover exactly you know how you do get started and some of the terms that you'll encounter and um, really identifying what you want to learn so that you can start taking those first steps. Now I know sometimes people think "Ooh, first steps is I'm gonna jump on the computer and I'm gonna start searching for records but tell us kind of the progression of this class because I really think it illustrates very well the way we need to think when we're first getting started because there's a lot of foundation to lay right? There really is and it really sets you up for success. The first principle is pretty easy, and that is you need to figure out what you already know. Start racking your brain, looking around the house, talking to your parents or other relatives, and gathering information, and then you want to record that all on some family tree charts and different genealogy worksheets or even in a software program, and that'll help you identify really what you need to look for. So, you know, where does your family tree end? And then you can identify, you know, this is my focus ancestor that I want to find more information about. And then you can start jumping into, all right, these are the records I can look at. These are some other sources and resources that I can use. And then you can just continue expanding your family tree. And of course, interviewing those living relatives, that's key. I'm, I'm assuming that you'll give us some, some tips on that. Absolutely. It's so important because you could find a lot of the information that you could glean from relatives in um, records, certainly, but it's so much easier often to be able to get it from a relative who remembers. And the other benefit, of course, to oral history interviewing is that you get to learn more about the feelings and the memories and the real personality um, behind these names and dates on your family tree. And that's probably one of my biggest tips to newbies, you know, folks who are who are brand new to this, and they are excited to get going, but records will be there, but our elderly um, relatives won't always be here. And no matter how tempted you are to jump online, I would say, hands down, sitting down with your relatives and doing those interviews first are so key. And it's going to save you a lot of time. You're going to get a lot of great information. You're probably like me. I mean, aren't there just people you think, oh, I wish I had sat down and talked to them when I had the chance? Absolutely. I think we all have someone in our family like that. And, you know, it doesn't necessarily just have to be older people either. I always found it surprising that, you know, if I could go to my aunts or uncles, that their memories really differed a lot from my parents. And yeah. they knew information that my parents didn't necessarily know or think to um, provide. So cover all your bases is a good kind of baseline rule. Oh, that's a great idea. Now, of course, the number one question I hear from people when they have jumped online and they found family <laughs> trees is they'll say, I saw there was Jedcom. 
What's a GEDCOM? <laughs> we Tell get us that Allison, question a lot. <laughs> what's a GEDCOM? Well, a GEDCOM is just a file type. Uh, when you buy a family tree software program or download one and you start recording your information uh, about your ancestry in there, the GEDCOM is basically just the file format that allows you to share that information with other people. So if you are uploading that to a database or downloading it from an online databases or you want to you know, give a copy of it to somebody else who's using a fa different family tree program than you are, the GEDCOM is sort of the common language that allows those um, files to be read by any software. Exactly. When you see that GED, it's like seeing DOC at the end of a Word doc file. Exactly. And it's universal. So even though each program has its own, they can all do GEDCOM, which yes, is nice. They at least can. we can all talk to each other. Well, great. There's so much to learn. And you guys have really laid this out in a really logical, progressive way that really, I think, will get people up and running very quickly. And I know you've, you wrap up with exercises. So you're not just going to be learning it. You're going to be putting it into action, right? Absolutely. That's one of the key things, I think, uh, with this class in particular, is when you're just getting started, it, it can often seem overwhelming, even, you know, when there's just so much information to absorb. And so the goal here is to provide an exercise with each lesson that really allows you to apply what you've learned to your own family tree and make some actual research progress and see, hey, yeah, I can do this. Um, by the time you finish the course, you'll know something that you didn't know when you started. Great. Well, where do we find the Discover Your Family Tree course? Well, you can go to FamilyTreeUniversity.com. We are just about to launch the website this week with all of our course information. So hop on there and check it out and you'll be able to enroll. Exciting. Oh, It's going to be so fun to have that get started. I look forward to teaching some of those as well. Wonderful. It's wonderful to have a resource like this, um, not only for ourselves, but for our friends and family who are catching the bug. Thanks so much, Allison. Appreciate it. Thanks, Lisa. Thanks so much for joining me for this April 2010 episode of the Family Tree Magazine podcast, the monthly show from America's number one genealogy magazine. Here are a couple of action items for you until we meet here again next month. First, be sure and visit the Genealogy Insider blog for all the latest genealogy news on a daily basis at blog.familytreemagazine.com insider. Next, go to familytreemagazine.com podcast to find the show notes for this episode, which will include information and website links for everything we covered on today's episode, including links to shop Family Tree, where you can pick up the May 2010 issue that includes Diane's article on the top 40 genealogy blogs and that new book, 101 Brick Wall Busters. And I hope you'll take a few minutes to visit the Genealogy Gems website at genealogygems.com, where you will find free podcasts, videos, and a lot more. And just like this podcast, you can subscribe to the Genealogy Gems podcast for free in iTunes. And finally, head over to the newly launched Family Tree University website at FamilyTreeUniversity.com. Sign up for the newsletter, which is going to give you bi-weekly updates, tips, and sneak peeks at upcoming classes, like the Discover Your Family Tree Genealogy for the Absolute Beginner class that Allison told us about. And if you have any questions or comments, please email me at ftmpodcast at gmail.com. 
Thanks so much for joining me today. I'm Lisa Louise Cook, and until next time, have fun climbing your family tree. Bye.